Well, good morning. We are so excited to welcome you back to the third week of our sermon series called Messy Christmas. If you would, everyone say that with me. Messy Christmas. That's really exciting. That's really, really good. Messy Christmas. What we are doing in this series is we're taking a look at some of the messes in our lives during this holiday season, Uh, right? So the world tells us that this is the happiest time of the year. But the problem is we've often got a lot of messes. Uh, We've got broken relationships. We've got lost opportunities. We've got financial limitations. Uh, For some of us, this is going to be our first year without our loved one uh, around the family. But our, our, our family, we have some messes to deal with in our lives. The good news is that God gets it. The good news is that we serve a God who understands our messes. In fact, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write this down if you haven't already. Here it is. Jesus did not come in spite of our messes. He came because of our messes. Jesus did not come in spite of our messes. He didn't come to put up with our messes. He actually came to save us from our sins. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, says it like this. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name, say it with me, you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. You're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. We have a God who meets us in our mess, a God who understands our problems, our messes, our problems, our mistakes, our sins. They're the very reason Jesus came. Uh, Last week, uh, two weeks ago, we uh, had a sermon on messy past. How do we break free from some of our messy past? Uh, Last week, then, uh, we dealt with our messy choices. What are messy choices? To please God or to please self and to please others. This week, we're going to deal with our messy consequences. And then next week, Christmas Eve, most exciting sermon. Did you hear me on that? Most exciting sermon of the series, all right? Most exciting sermon, so don't leave too early, right? And we're going to deal with messy people, right? Uh, Who has God come to save? And I'm going to encourage you to bring a friend, uh, to bring a loved one, to bring a friend, to to, to bring a stranger. I don't care who you want to bring. Bring somebody that needs Jesus because we're going to find that he came to heal messy people like you and like me. Uh, We pick up this morning in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. If you have your Bible, go ahead and join me there. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent who? Say it with me. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Okay, pause there. Uh, Who are all these people, and what do they have to do with Christmas, all right? So Elizabeth was actually Mary's cousin. So God actually had showed up to uh, uh, Elizabeth, uh, showed up, and he sent uh, Gabriel to Elizabeth, and he said, hey, you're actually going to have a son. Now, this was really good news because Elizabeth was barren. And she was too old to have a child. And so God had sent the angel Gabriel to Zechariah and said, hey, you're going to have a son. And boom, in a moment, there it happens. And she was pregnant. 
Now Angel, now Angel Gabriel, who is uh, extremely busy, he, he's going about and he has to go to Mary. And he has to show up with this very same news. You're going to have a son. The problem is, Mary's not married. The bigger problem is, Mary's a virgin, right? And so she's like, how can this be? How is this possible that I'm going to have a son? Luke 28, Luke 1, 28. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are, say it with me, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. So it's like Gabriel is trying to convince uh, uh, Mary that this is a good thing, right? You're highly favored. The Lord is with you, right? Now, I, I don't know about you, but if I uh, had an angel come to me and I had the angel say, hey, you're highly favored and God's with you, that's really good news, right? I, I'm, I'm going to go out and like skydive or like run with the bulls or like play the lottery or something because I'm, I'm really... Don't look at me like that. I'll, I'll tie 10%, all right? I'll tie, I'll tie 90%, all right? Who cares about the finished strong goal? That's uh, take care of all of our issues, right? So God said, hey, we're highly favored. The Lord is with you. But Mary doesn't take this in such a positive light. And I think as we look closer at this passage, uh, we're going to see some of the difficult consequences some of the messy consequences that Mary has to deal with when she says yes to Jesus. And I think we can understand some of her hesitation. We're going to look at three. Uh, what are they today? The first is this. Sometimes God's plan is untimely. Sometimes God's plan is untimely. Uh, verse 29, Mary was, say it with me, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Greatly troubled. And you say, why would she be greatly troubled? Well, first off, the issue is that Mary is probably around 14 years of age. All right? That's a pretty serious problem. And some of you are saying, hold on a second. Wait a second. Like, 14 years of age and she's already engaged? Like, somebody needs to call Child Protective Services on Joseph because that's not normal, right? That's, that's not usual. In fact, it was actually very normal in that age that as soon as a girl hit her puberty, hit, hit, hit that stage of her life, she would actually be engaged to be married. The problem is that not many of us were ready to be parents at the age of 14. How many of you do you think, how many of you were ready to get married at the age of 14? All right? Not too many. Not too many. How many people were ready to be parents at the age of 14? Right? I, I don't know about you, but at the age of 14, I didn't even know that girls existed, right? Like, like I didn't have any idea that, that girls existed. In fact, when I think back to, to, to what I was doing right before I was married, I didn't have any desire. I didn't have any option of wanting to have a child in those first 5, 10, 20, 50 years of age, right? I, I, I just didn't want it, Right? Think back with me to how you were, what you were thinking about at the, uh, at right before you got married. Think about some of the things that you were thinking about. Uh, maybe if you're a woman, you were thinking about all of the details that had to go in to your wedding, right? Like, who are you going to invite? 
and what colors are the bridesmaids going to wear? Because I really like teal and orange, but uh, on, on Instagram, I really saw that like, like, like maroon and chartreuse were like in these days, and I didn't know those were two different colors, and so I'm so, my mind is blown. I don't know what to do. I'm so confused, right? And, and maybe you're thinking, well, I, I don't even know who to invite. Like, do you have to invite Aunt Martha? Because mom says I got to invite her, but she does that really weird thing on the dance floor, and it's just so awkward, right, for everybody. And, and that might have looked good 30 years ago, but uh, Aunt Martha, you got to retire that, that, that routine, right? But then she's really rich, so maybe I'll invite her to the wedding, but, but not to the reception. And if I definitely invite her to the reception, then she can't sit next to Uncle Larry, okay? Because the last time she sat next to Uncle Larry... Uh, issues happen, right? They, they, they just do not get along, her and Uncle Larry. Those are all the things that are going through a woman's mind, or at least so they tell me, because as a man, nothing was going through my mind, right? I, I, I mean, absolutely nothing. A actually, I guess if we're being really honest, uh, one thing was going through my mind, and all the men would say, yes, uh, this one thing was going through my mind. You just couldn't wait to have those heart-to-heart -heart conversations, <laughs> right? I mean, you just, at, at deep, deep, meaningful conversations, you just absolutely couldn't wait until you got married, right? This is what's normal. These are the sorts of things that go through a person's mind, but not Mary. Mary has to deal with some of these untimely disruptions in God's plan. Second, if you're taking notes, God's plan is uncomfortable. God's plan is untimely, and God's plan is uncomfortable. Uh, Luke chapter 1, uh, continuing in verse 30, but the angel said to her, say it with me, do not be afraid. Say it with me, do not be afraid. I mean, he's really doing his best sales job to Mary, right? Like, come on, Mary, this is really good news. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him, say it with me, you are to call him Jesus, he will be great and would be called the Son of the Most High, right? This is so exciting. The angel Gabriel has been so excited to share this news. It's unlike when Simone and I found out that we were pregnant with Sophia. We were actually going to Cracker Barrel for breakfast because we're like 90 years old, I guess. And so, and so we're, going to, we're going to breakfast at Cracker Barrel. And, and right before we walked in, she handed me this box. And in this box was a pacifier, right? And before it could even hit me, right, that this was Lucas's pacifier, she said, yeah, you're going to need that one. Good luck, buddy, right? And she ran right into the restaurant, right? Like, like that's how it worked, right? God, uh, Mary didn't, uh, Simone didn't think uh, uh, that that was that important. But Gabriel has been rehearsing for these last 200 years, probably, or 300 years, or 2,000 years, or maybe from all of eternity, right? He has been rehearsing this line, he is going to be great, right? But instead of getting overjoyment, he got confusion because Mary's mind is wandering towards all the things that she's going to have to deal with. What are people going to say? And what are people going to do? And what's mom going to say? What, what's dad going to do? Dad, dad is going to kill Joseph, right? Joseph, how am I going to tell Joseph? I mean, talk about uncomfortable conversations. 
uh, hey, Joey, baby, uh, you, you sit down for this one because I have got a story to tell you, right? Uh, no, you are never going to guess this one, right? I, I, I've got a story to tell you. And it's so uncomfortable and it's so untimely. You have to deal with these things in God's life. And third, and then if you're taking notes, third is this. God's plan is unexplainable. God's plan is unexplainable. Uh, Mary says it quite like this. She says, verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? How will this be since I'm a virgin? It's like Mary's got the trump card, right? She's like, it's not possible. It's not possible. There's no way that this could happen. I think maybe you're looking for Delilah up the road, right? Because Delilah and Obadiah, they've been, they've been really cozy recently, okay? They've been hanging out, right? But you've got the wrong person. You've got the wrong person. Not me. No way. Uh-uh. And you have to feel for Mary because she's coming up with all of these excuses. I, I, I'm not married. I, I, I'm a virgin. I'm too poor. I'm a peasant. I'm a nobody. How could I carry God's own son? And she's got all these excuses for why she can't do what God's asking her to do. At this phase of our life, there are so many of us where God's plans disrupt our own plans. Where God's plans actually come in and we say, God, that can't be of you. Because it is too messy, it is too uncomfortable, it is too untimely. God, that can't be of you. And so rather than releasing to God's plans, we actually end up resisting. But if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because this is so good. I want you to get this. Here it is. God's disruptions are often the key to his directions. God's disruptions are often the key to his directions. And I don't know how this looks like for you. This could take any number of, of, of areas in your life. Maybe for you, you're going through life, you're minding your own business, and boom, all of a sudden, you lose your job. And you're like, God, how could I lose my job? I'm giving faithfully. I'm serving you faithfully. Why would you let that happen? And God says, just wait. I've got something better for you. Maybe for you, you're in a dating relationship, right? And you've got Mr. Right uh, cornered. You've got Miss, 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 Miss Wonderful, whatever it is. And you know for a fact that that's the person you're going to marry, right? And you've already planned your honeymoon. And you've already named your three, uh, your three kids. And the first one is Andrew because you love me so much, right? And so you've already gone through this process. And then, boom, all of a sudden, it's over. And you're like, God, how could that happen? God, why would you let that happen? And he says, wait, I've got something better for you. Uh, maybe for you, you're on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, maybe for you, you're single and you're happy and you're loving it, right? And it's just you and Jesus. You're just dating Jesus, right? You're just happy with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, God plops this person right in front of you. And you're like, God, what's going on here? And he says, I think I had another plan. Maybe for you, you weren't going to have kids, and you were going to love life, and you were going to do everything you wanted to do, and then, whoops, there's one, and then, whoops, there's another, and another, and another, and all of a sudden, you have people coming up to you saying, hey, do you know what's causing that? 
And, 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 and you're like, I'm not quite sure, but I think we'll definitely know after the next one, right? We'll, we'll, we'll definitely know what's causing that. And, and all these things that you thought were going to be disruptions, they actually become sources of joy in your life. Uh, maybe for you, you, you you're the one that you're going to have like 15 kids. And then God, for some reason, uh, and it can't be explained, but for some reason, he had a different direction. And rather than being able to have your own kids, you ended up fostering. You ended up adopting. And you gave kids who were abandoned and lost and alone a home and a family. Maybe for you, it just generally in terms of this salvation thing, maybe for you, you didn't have time for God. You didn't have any time for Jesus. You didn't have any time for church. You didn't have time for any of this religious stuff. And then one day you had a neighbor or a friend or a coworker who said, hey, you've got to come check out my church. You've got to come see it. You've got to come check out First Church because God's doing an incredible thing in our lives. And so they kept asking you and asking you and asking you. And finally, just to get him off your back, you came and you had an encounter with the risen God, Right? And all of a sudden, in a moment, your life was changed. And now God's using your disruptions to disrupt other people's lives. So, so, so you're on the first impressions team, or you're serving in the choir, or you're, doing, or you're leading a small group. And you're like, God, I don't even know what I'm doing, but you're using me to impact other people's lives. It's disruption that turns into service. Maybe for you, God's calling you to serve somewhere. In, in the nursery or in the child department or with the students, and you just say, God, I, I don't get it. I can't understand it. I don't fit in. I don't belong. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not useful, but you do it because God won't leave you alone. And, and all of a sudden, after a couple weeks, you don't hate it anymore. And, and then after a couple more weeks, you actually love it. And then actually a couple more weeks, you're so excited, you can't wait for Sunday because it's that opportunity to pour your life into the next generation. And this thing that you thought was going to be a disruption actually became, uh, actually became God's direction in your life. That's how it happens for Mary. She's so upset. Her life is in front of her. And then all of a sudden, a disruption revealed to her God's direction. So I guess the question this morning is simple. Where is God messing up your life right now? Where is God messing up your life right now? Where is he taking your plans and he's throwing them out the window and he's taking all of your purposes and he's saying, hey, by the way, that doesn't matter anymore. Now you can trust me. And if that's you and God is calling you to something, and it's something so impossible. It is so uncomfortable. It is so outside of your ability to explain. And God is calling you. I want you to hear these words. Because these words from the angel Gabriel to Mary, I honestly believe these words are going to change somebody's life right now. And Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 35. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then say this next part with me. For nothing is impossible with God. For nothing is impossible with God. Say it with me. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary said, I, I, I'm a virgin. 
I'm not even married. I don't even know how this is possible. And the angel said, doesn't matter. Nothing is impossible for me. And I don't know what this looks like for you. Maybe God's calling you to, to get outside of your comfort zone and go do something you would never, ever do. And you're like, God, I've got to have a plan. I've got to have a purpose. I've got to have a 10-year plan for my life, right? And God says, doesn't matter. Nothing is impossible for me. Maybe for you, your marriage is suffering, and you're struggling, and you're having a hard time holding on. But God says, you, you say, I've done everything, and there's no way. It's not possible. And God says, wait, it is. Nothing is impossible with me. Uh, maybe for you, you got a prodigal child, and, and you've prayed, and you've, you, you've, you've cried, and you've spent your whole life, but you just can't get them to come back home. And you say, God, it's hopeless. God, there's no hope. There's no way. They've turned their back on you. And God says, wait a second. Nothing is impossible with me. Uh, maybe for you, uh, your finances, and God's calling you to be generous with the church, be generous with people. And you say, God, it's the Christmas season. I don't have any extra money at all. How are you going to provide? And he says, just wait. Nothing is impossible with me. He's asking you to forgive somebody. He's asking you to, to, to let go and to let in and just forgive him. You say, God, there is no way. God, that's outside the realm. After what that person did, after what she said, there is no way. And God said, you know me, there is nothing impossible with me. Right now, maybe today, you need a miracle. There's somebody here today that needs a miracle in your life, or you know somebody that needs a miracle. And the doctors have said it's impossible. There's no way. There's no chance. But God says, hey, wait a second. There is nothing impossible with me. There is nothing impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing impossible with God. Nothing impossible with God. And so the question that I'm asking you today is simple. Where is God messing up your plans right now? Where is God in interfering his direction in your life? You don't understand it. You don't know what to do, but you say, God, I will trust you. And Luke chapter 1, verse 38, I think Mary gives us the only possible response uh, to this call. And, and she says this, if you're there, read it with me. She says this, I am the, say it with me, I am the Lord's servant Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And I think we see in Mary a really important principle. And I want you to, to jot this down. In Mary, we realize that we don't have to know every step. We just have to say yes to the next one. We don't have to know every step. We simply have to say yes to the next one. And, and all of you, if you're followers of Jesus, all of you at some point in your life, God is going to come up into your life and he's going to disrupt your plans. And he's going to say, out the window, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about what direction I'm calling you to go. Just follow me. You know, about 10, 12 years ago, this happened in my life. Um, many of you know that uh, I was, uh, was uh, going to be a doctor. Uh, I was going to be uh, a pre-med uh, biology major. And uh, those of you who know me uh, 10, 15 years ago, uh, you know that there was probably nobody 
uh, more likely, uh, more unlikely to be your pastor <laughs> than me, right? I, I just no chance in the world uh, that I was going to do this. And, and so I'd actually taken a, 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 a test, one of those uh, career tests, and it told me uh, you can be a doctor or you can be a pastor. And I thought this was really simple. Uh, pastors don't make any money, so I'm definitely going the doctor route, right? And, and so I, I continued that route, and I, I went ahead and I graduated. And even during that time, I sensed God's leading upon my life. But I resisted. I rejected. I said, God, not, not doing it. Too messy, too untimely, too uncomfortable for me. How many of you know, though, that God doesn't take no for an answer, right? God doesn't take no for an answer, and so he kept prodding, and he kept pushing, and he kept pulling, and I finally gave in. A, a lot of pastors talk about their call to ministry like it was the best thing in their life. I think I was probably the most unhappy uh, person ever uh, to be called into ministry. I, like, whatever, God, whatever, whatever you want, I will do it. In fact, I, after I, I, I kind of gave in, I had people come up to me and say, Andrew, you're going to be a pastor? Like, no way, you're going to be a pastor. And I was like, shut up, man. And they're like, well, pastors can't say that. Like, uh, be quiet in the name of Jesus, all right? So I just, I just couldn't get over it. I just couldn't understand it. But slowly but surely, God began to have his way in my life. And little by little, he began to change my heart. And I began to say, okay, God, whatever you want, I'm in. Just give me the plan. One year, five years, 10 years, 40 years, just let me know and I'll do it. And God said, nope, one step at a time. One step at a time. And I don't know about you, but what I've realized is that as I've gone through life, um, I couldn't have handled God's revelation of his will all at once. I, I couldn't have handled all these things that would have happened in my life. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to explain it. I, I wouldn't have been able to understand it. It would have been too uncomfortable. I would have turned my back and I would have run, right? Like, uh, I, I've got to live with how many freshman boys for how many years, God, right? Uh, or like, uh, I, I'm going to leave Illinois winners and, and then I'm going to come back on my own accord, right? It, it doesn't make any sense, Right? Or, or uh, you know, I, 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 uh, I, 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 there's a kid involved. Uh, 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 wait a second. There's two involved? Right? Like, what, what are you doing to me, God? How many sleepless nights am I going to get? There's going to be the loss of a grandfather, the loss of a grandmother, the loss of my brother. God, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But I trust you. And I will follow you. And all of us at some point in, that li in our life are going to have to make that decision. God, I trust you. It's untimely. It's uncomfortable. It's unexplainable. But I will trust in you. With Mary, you're going to say, I'm the Lord's servant. <laughs> I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. In other words, God, whatever you want, whatever you need, I am your man. I am your woman. Use me for your purpose with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I trust you. I trust your character. I trust your heart. I trust your purposes. I don't have to know every step, 
I just have to know the next one. And I just have to say yes. And I promise you that if you'll do that, it will transform the way that you live your life for the glory of the King. And Jesus, as we come before you today, we are deeply grateful for your presence. We're deeply grateful that you have come and that you have died, that you have rose again for us. Now come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this room. Do the work that only you can. In Jesus' name. As we continue to pray today, there are so many of you that I have to believe that would say, yes, God's calling me to something. It's something untimely. It's something uncomfortable. It's something unexplainable. And I really want to say yes, but the fact of the matter is, I'm scared. I'm afraid. I don't know what I'm going to do. You see, we've all got plans for our lives, don't we? We've all got plans. Uh, how many are, uh, you're going to get married, and you're going to have kids, and you're going to work this job, and you're going to be excited, right? And then you're going to retire, and you all got plans for your lives. And then all of a sudden, God comes in, and he says, hey, by the way, I've got another direction for your life. And when God's plan interferes with our own, sometimes we get confused, and sometimes we get frustrated. And we say, God, I want you God, I don't know what you want. I don't know where you're calling me to go, but I want you. I want your life. I want your heart. I want all of you. And the question is, will you trust him? Will you trust him? Because today it's really simple. It's your plans or it's God's plans. It's your purposes or it's God's purposes. And today he's come before you and say, I trust you. I trust you. God, I trust you with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength. You don't have to say yes to everything. You just have to say yes to the very next step. And if Jesus has led you in your life and he's led you to this point where you say yes, whatever you're calling me to do, wherever you're calling me to go, whatever it looks like in my life, God, I will say yes. God, I trust you. God, I love you. And God, I will follow you. If that is your prayer today, you say, God, I say yes. Would you just lift up your hand right now? Hands up everywhere. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Whatever you call me to do, wherever you call me to go, God, I trust you. Holy Spirit, you've worked in our lives. You've seen our hands. More importantly, you know our hearts. And today we trust you. Today we commit our lives to you. Whatever you want, wherever we go, we go in your spirit and we go in your presence. Give us your courage. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be explainable. It's not going to be timely. It's not going to be comfortable. But we choose today to follow after you. And we do it in the we continue to pray, I, I, I have to believe that there are some of you here today that you'd say, you know what? I, I, I'm not the Lord's servant. I'm not the Lord's servant. I, I, I don't trust Jesus with my life. And there may be any number of reasons for that. Uh, maybe for you, you, you found yourself in a situation where, where uh, you were intimate with God, but then time went along and, and, and you lost your first love. Maybe for you, you're just so busy going through the motions that you've actually forgotten what it is to love Jesus. 
Maybe for you, you just be honest today, you've never trusted Jesus with your life. You've never trusted with your heart. You've never trusted him with your all and all. And today you want to say, God, I trust you. Today you want to say, God, I want your plan for my life. If that's your story, if that's who you are, then God wants to write a new story on your life. Hear these words today, because there's some of you that are going to say, that's impossible. That's impossible. After all that I've done, after all that I've been, after all I've gone through, I don't know how that's possible. And today, God's going to speak, speak to your heart. And like Mary, he's going to say to you, I, nothing is impossible for me. Nothing is impossible for me. Nothing is impossible for me. You see, God sent his son to die. He sent his son to die on a cross for you and for me. But he didn't stay dead. But he rose again to new life. And because of that life, because of that promise, you and I have new life. You and I have victory. You and I have victory over sin. You and I have victory over death. New life in Jesus. And if that's your prayer today, you say, God, I'm trusting you. I don't know how it's possible. I don't know how you can redeem me. I don't know how you can, how you can make something out of this mess. But if you can do it, I am trusting you. And there's some of you today, you say, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was dead, but now I'm alive again. I was blind, but now I see and I am trusting you. And if that is your prayer today, you say, Jesus, I'm trusting you. All my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength, I am trusting you. Would you lift up your hand right now? Lift up your hand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Who else? Yes, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Who else? Thank you. Thank you, sister. Who else? Thank you, sister. I see that. <laughs> Who else? Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Who else? Who else? Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you. Love you. Praise God. Who else? Who else? I'm trusting you. All my heart, all my soul, my mind. Praise God. Praise God. At First Church, no one prays alone. Everyone prays together. Repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I need you. Jesus, you died so I could live again. You rose so I could be set free. Forgive me of my sins. Clean up my mess. My life is yours. And from this day forward, I'm never turning back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. First Church, can you lift up a shout of praise to God today for new life entering into the kingdom of God.